Yo, and welcome back to the Who Knows Number podcast, uh, Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I am not Kevin Clemente, a.k.a. Mellow Magikarp. I am Grant Matthew, a.k.a. Boo CK. I'm here with two very special, as Mellow would say, very temporary guest hosts, uh, a former um, international champion, a former world's top four, a former world's runner-up, uh, Tord Redcliffe. What's up, Tord? Hey, how are you? How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah. You you owed me this podcast from Worlds. We were going to do it live, but um, you had to ship your giant trophy back to Norway. Yes. <laughs> it took it took a little while to do that. I'm also here with a fellow teammate, uh, Locke, a.k.a. DeLock. What's up, Locke? Hey. I was already in Boo's room, so I'm crashing the podcast. And we're glad to have you here. Uh, even though we have two mics. So if you if we have some uh, phantom voices, it's because one of us is talking without the mic. Anyways, we're just here to... This is a bonus episode, essentially. We're here to catch up with Tord. Um, we've kind of been following his travels across the world, following the big runner-up at Worlds. Congratulations, obviously. Thank you. We would have you. liked to see you win, but, you know, you can't win them all, I guess. Oh, uh, I can get close. Yeah, get close. Um, so following Japan, Tord, what... What were you up to? You you did you go back home to Norway? Did you um, what where'd you travel to? Yes, after Vaults in Japan, I stayed for a couple of weeks just for vacation, like going around, seeing more of Japan without having you know the stress of Vaults over me and us, right? So yeah, we were testing most uh, most of the hours beforehand, right? Exactly, exactly. So it was nice, like having Vaults done, and then you know taking the vacation after. It was unbearable hot though so might have to go back again so to be able to enjoy it a little bit uh, more yeah uh, like just being outside somewhere in japan was crazy there's no off season in pokemon you're never going back <laughs> yeah if you're doing this full time i don't know if, when you're going to find the time to you know one day one day we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll <laughs> figure out the time it will definitely be an off season one day right hopefully they have worlds back there again because that yeah. was an amazing experience for sure for sure that was that was really fun but yeah, I took a couple of weeks in Japan after. Uh, I went home to Norway for not even that long, like two weeks or so. And then I headed to the Pittsburgh Regional yeah. after that. How'd that go? So that was that was fun. Uh, I had a relatively deep run. It was a lot of people. It was like 1,800 or so. I ended up uh, top 32 in the end, uh, which was which was good. I um, lost my last couple of matches though, or had a couple of losses and a tie, so I was on good pace for cutting, but couldn't quite close it out that time. It was good, uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, and straight after Pittsburgh, I went uh, back home for all of eight hours, <laughs> and then I had to take another flight to go to uh, the Barcelona Special Event. Yeah. It only became like eight hours because my flight got canceled uh back home from pittsburgh so that cost me like an extra day i was just hanging out at a hotel at the airport and then then we got back home the day after so it got got a little bit short and hectic i guess but then we made it to barcelona and that went well right barcelona went well i made it into top eight as the first seed but then i lost in top eight um in uh in a mirror match um that's gotta feel bad i guess it was i 
felt like I played that pretty well though. I was I was pretty happy with how I played, but I don't think it was in the cards for me. Um, I had uh, um, a pretty crazy comeback in the second game where I fell behind a lot of prices. I was pretty sure I was gonna win it, but then um, we had I had an Iono on my opponent at the very end, and I needed kind of crazy combo of it without much draw on board, but they got it. So I clutched that one. And in game three, I ended up pricing both my guard reacts. <laughs> so yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Pretty dead in the water there. Um, I tried to pull off something with reversal energies, but um, you couldn't play the two, quite right? touch them. Yeah. I found one, but I need to find the second one <laughs> yeah, as well right. to get there. So. Um, but yeah, can't complain about the finish. There was a lot of people in Barcelona as well, for, for sure. Um, but doesn't it sting when you lose to your own creation, though? I mean, I mean, it didn't play exactly the same. It was, it was pretty close, though. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he played well. He also ended up second, so that, okay. was, that was also good. Um, big shout out to him for that. Well, your resistance doesn't matter at that point. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> Sadly. But yeah, that was that was fun. Um, so we're racking up points. These are for you're playing for a stipend essentially at this point, right? Because you've got your world's invite. You're you're just going to these events to grow the game and to hopefully get your events paid for, right? Yeah. So it's more about just like traveling, competing for the sake of it, and not like the overall goal. I think so. Treating each individual event as what it is, right? Like sure. This is the tournament of of Pittsburgh or Barcelona or whatever it's not on the doesn't have like a overall goal i guess it's just you know be there to compete and and try to win right like have have fun with it well knowing you now for a while i know that you're always trying to win like yeah, I mean, more than anybody i know we do try yeah we do try so yeah after barcelona i uh, headed back home for another eight hours, <laughs> so, so got another night in my own bed. So that was uh, that was nice, and then I headed to Los Angeles. Yep. Which uh, this did... is something everyone wants to know about. Yeah. So there was no tournament there, right? Not yet. Uh, not yet, yeah. or like at least when I went there last week or so. Um, but uh, PSA's headquarter is in uh, Los Angeles. Okay. So I went over there and brought my. Um, number two training card from the World Championships and had it graded there um, with a cooperation with uh, Baldwin in uh, uh, London. They're, they are an auction house. We'll sure. have some more news on that later. Okay. We'll probably guess where that is going. Yeah, I, I got an idea. But yeah, we did that. That was that was really fun. We got like a tour of the um, like old Pizze facility and everything. Got to see how they did everything. Did it all, so that was that was really amazing. Were you tempted at all to sell your card? Because me and Boo were in the room with you when you got some offers for quite a large sum yeah, of money. This was before you had even played the the championship. There, you're getting offers. It didn't matter which trophy you got, <laughs> and you're getting you know five six digit offers for for the trophy. Yeah, that was uh, was pretty wild as well. I, I knew that like at that point that was too you know full of emotions to make any rational decisions like that big anyway so yeah. figured it would be like better anyway for me to wait um instead of like let myself 
get away with the hype in the moment. So, sure. Um, I'm pretty happy with that decision as well. Of course. I think that's smart. Yeah. So yeah, we went there and like, we got that whole whole experience. So. What was your grade on the card? It graded a piece a ten. Oh. <laughs> so hello. a perfect ten. I also posted a picture on uh, Twitter if uh, you're interested in like seeing how the card looks in the label. There, I think it's really cool. And any listeners that are looking to buy it, they'll know. I'll get to see it. Yes, then. that as well. So, if you're interested in like <laughs> picking up a card, you yeah. know, you can check it out on Twitter. Um, yes, yeah, so I went there, and then afterwards, I got a lot of questions why I was in Canada because that's where I was right. headed after Los Angeles. So I headed to Canada after because it was my girlfriend's birthday, and she lives in Canada. So. Um, had to go over there and celebrate. That was really fun. Um, we actually went to laser tag. It was oh, uh, really? <laughs> really cool. They probably don't have that in Norway. It's got to be a, a United States type thing, right? Or I, North American, I guess, in this case. Yeah, I mean, I think we have something. I'm not sure. Um, they definitely call it something different. I mean, we probably have. I'm surprised just just haven't exists. been there. That, that was something around like when we were kids, Locke. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> I, haven't heard, I haven't heard a laser tag in years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, it was, it was really fun. It was very different um, as an experience. But uh, we did that and uh, stayed in Canada for a little over a week. And we did a couple league cups as well. Yeah, that's so. been a big trending thing. Like, why is Torn at my league cup? <laughs> <laughs> I showed up a league cup and I get this guy round one. Like, what? <laughs> I'm just trying to get a few points here. I want to go to Hawaii. So I figured, like, while being in Canada already, and there is uh, not many cups in my city in Norway, so I figured yeah. might as well show up to a couple here and, uh, you know, have some fun. And um, this was always about, right, just playing Pokemon and have fun. Oh, so. Toronto is probably the best city for cups because they get 11 a quarter. That's and crazy. that's ridiculous compared to any other city in, in the world, let alone... Yeah. One city in Toronto or yeah. Canada. That's a lot. But like they have a lot of good players at their cups as well, That's right? Great. Like you walk in a cup and you see like two, three former world champions in there. Yeah. And you're like, wow. It's um, it's not an easy uh, grind anyway. But yeah, I actually managed to win one of them. So that was that was really cool. Big. Um, Some say cups are the hardest ones to win. It's true. Just, it's true. just me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Boo also won some league cups this quarter as well. So <laughs> I've won back to back cups with, with the Lugia and it, it feels pretty good. Amazing. Yeah. So I've got some points, but I think uh I didn't post mine on Twitter like everyone else, the the recap. I can't brag my three hundred points or whatever like everyone else. Three hundred is quite a lot. I'm not sure if I have that many already. You gotta be close. Maybe SPE in a in a top thirty two regional. It's gotta be up there. I guess, but I don't have many cup. cup finishes at all. Like yeah. the cups I play, people usually know about them. I don't really have other yeah. <laughs> ones. They don't know. Like I played that one in Canada, and I go, "Wow, that was that was that was it, right?" So, um, so I played two cups in Canada. That was fun. So after that, we headed over to uh, Las Vegas. Um, yes. Also, not really Pokemon related. Um, but uh, it was for a work conference again for my girlfriend. So okay, um, we hanged out there for uh, well, Sunday to Thursday. Uh, then I left for Peoria again. But yeah, that was 
that was a lot of fun too. Um, what do you think of Vegas? Uh, it's been 10 years since I was last there. So uh, it has uh, so many lights and stuff going on yeah. all the time, right? That, like, that's that city never sleeps for sure. Did you uh, did you live up to the name of Sin City? Did you did you get into some vices? Some I actually clubs and did some not gambling. I actually did not gamble much though, unfortunately. Is gambling legal in Norway? Not no, really. definitely not. <laughs> they even ban like all like micro transactions for like online cell phone games and stuff like that. Is they're very strict there. Yeah, they're they're pretty strict on, on on stuff like that. Yeah, like some strict gambling laws. Um, but yeah, I didn't really gamble much. But I did um, go and visit um, David Person, a very known collector. Oh. Uh, so that was that was really fun. Um, I just got to speak with him and see his amazing collection of um, all the Worlds cards. Like, oh, yeah. Because he, he actually amassed every single training card, like Worlds number one, two, three, four, from like every single year. I think at this point he misses one copy to not to like have them all. I mean, talking, you know, that's, that's a lot of cards, right? He's amassed over the years. So that was super cool to see. Um, I get to see as well. Sounds like a card's missing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh, by uh, the way, we're recording this live. Obviously, this is the third live episode. The first with Henry Brand, second with Mello, and now Tord and Locke. Uh, we, we're going to try and do more of these um, as the season's started again. But um, it's really a lot more fun doing it in person instead of Zoom. Um, but anyways, go on toward. Sorry for interrupting there. Yeah, no worries, no worries. For the listeners. Had to... So we did that, and um, now, right after Vegas, I'm now in Peoria to play some more Pokemon cards this weekend. That's right. We're here in Peoria. We have the defending champion sitting here on a bed at the Pierre Marquette. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Hours before the tournament. I actually forgot about that for a second. But yeah, I did actually win this tournament last year with um, Sable Zard. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So was this the first the first event in that format? Yeah, it was the very first Lost Origin tournament. Okay. Uh, two weeks after That's Lost right. Origin came out. Yeah, I yes. remember you were telling me back at Milwaukee, we were out to dinner, and you were telling me of the... Sable's art and how good it was going to be. <laughs> and I was like, you're just like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. And then you brought it here and won the tournament. And that sort of started the invasion of everyone coming to all the uh, American tournaments now. Uh, you were the, the first foreign <laughs> invader to, to come in and, uh, and take claim to a North American tournament. So how does it feel to be back? It feels, feels good. I'm, I'm excited. Obviously, the format is very different now from last time. I guess this is also technically a new format. I, I tend to like those better because things are a little bit more new and um, and uh, experienced yet. Um, so there is uh, some more emphasis on the deck building aspect of the game, I think. Um, now we only had this mini set, I guess. So it's not like a completely new set to you know change everything. Yeah, not like, much has yeah, really changed. I guess the big the big elephant in the room noise. is Mew, right? Yep. Yeah. Mir is definitely a big one, uh, and you have a couple other cards from the 151 set as well, but um, Mir EX is definitely the the talk of this weekend, so we'll yeah. see how impactful it will be. So 
It, it should feel pretty all right for you coming here, though, because if it's only just Mew and maybe a few other cards, you're still probably... I mean, this is coming out afterwards. You're you're playing Gardevoir, right? Yeah, so I've been... Had a little uh, bit of success with it. I... Yeah, I've been, I've been really happy so <laughs> far <laughs> with, uh, with, with, with how Gardevoir has performed, so I don't see any real reason to change it up yet, at least. Um, it was very much a comfort deck for me, I think. Uh, on paper... It goes like slightly unfavorable, like very marginal though, into most matchups. But you know, you can um, you, you have really high consistency, and uh, you have so much flexibility and so many options with the deck that you can usually find some sort of line to you know wiggle yourself out of situations anyway. And then of course, you have all those games where you just draw really well, or you start, or you win the flip, or whatever. You flip over the two VIP paths. You know, like yeah, you have you have those like those really nice starts that. Just snowballs like crazy for you. You prize three rolls, but you still mirage step. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> well, triple triple rolls price is pretty rough. As if you have all the curlers, you can still manage, yeah. I guess. But um, so let's talk about this. Does the meta change at all for Guardi? With I mean Mew and maybe a few other cards. Yeah. So with Mew, you have to be more aware of um, like when you bench the Green Ninja, so you're not getting you know copied and sure. Water Shuriken by decks that normally can't do that to you, right? Like Lugia, for example. Yeah. Um, well, some decks you'll know it's in there. Some decks you have to guess. Yeah. Exactly. Know. I think that it should honestly not be that big of a deal, say after setup, right? So you should only really be worried in the beginning. And I wouldn't imagine those type of decks manage um, to set up Mew, say, like by turn two with a boss consistently anyway, right? Sure. You, you usually have to use a draw supporter to set up first. And after, you know, turn two, then you should be able to evolve into most of your guard wars anyway. Or at the very least, bench a Manaphy to yeah. protect yourself. So I think it should be all right. You can also just not bench the Green Ninja, I guess. But. Do you think some people are going to start playing the heavy ball? I mean, I know some people do, but maybe to to be able to pull the Manaphy if they prize it is just a. It's not it's not the best card in the deck. I know it's been debated sometimes, but do you think that's a heavier count? Yeah, I don't mind the heavy ball. I was playing heavy ball for NAIC yeah. in Yardavor. Ultimately, ended up cutting it for level ball, like playing four of that instead. Uh, just helps you out more generally than the heavy ball, but. Uh, that was before you played Mirage Step. Yeah, yeah exactly. Worlds was your first Mirage Step tournament, right? Exactly, exactly. And if you don't have Mirage Step, then pricing your Worlds is much more detrimental to your whole game than if you if you don't, right? If you price a Worlds without a heavy ball, then you kind of struggle in because yeah. your guard line is so thin, especially through against like Lost Cities, right? Uh, so then you're not having a good time. But uh, with the Mirage Step, you don't care that much about the rolls, and it's more about you know your bonus Pokemon like Manaphy and Greninja and Sation, and you know a lot of other one-off basic Pokemon you play. Now, do you think Mirage Step is good against the Carlos Lugia because they just stream a whole ton of like single prizes right after the Lugia hit? I still think it's good, but um, you don't have that much time to catch up again right so it's it's more of an issue losing the coin flip again but depends how they start say if they have to bench both lugia and the fish for setup for example right if they have to use the luminion then there's still four prizes on the board so and you should still technically be able to catch up but uh it's definitely more scary like 
I think going first as Gardevoir, the best thing you can do to turn to is just mirage stepping anyway. If you can mirage step before your opponent has taken a prize, you should feel very comfortable against like any deck. It's so difficult to beat you. Yeah, what are the odds of you getting multiple VIP passes going first or whatever, like moving around your, your hand without a supporter? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like the turn to mirage step is just, you know, very safe, right? Um, very safe way to go about it. I mean, sometimes you just like have the god hand, right? And you do the yeah. double VIP pass and everything is in deck and you feel comfortable just like evolving manually yourself, but... I would I would try to force the mirage step whenever you can. Well, I don't know. Do you do you have anything you want to talk about, Locke? I'm pretty ready to go uh, test a little bit. What do you think the best version of Charizard is then? Oh, good. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a good the, question. The biggest debate <laughs> on every single pod. It's a really good question. Oof. I don't know. Charizard has been a headache for me lately because um, I've been testing a lot of Alakazam EX. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I've seen. Okay. I, I, I saw some people like pick up on it as well. I'm like, oh, why is he, why is he playing Alakazam? But um, I'm writing an article for Pokemon.com on okay. on the card. Um, and yeah, the article should be out in not too long. Got uh, pretty happy with the list. It seems to have a relatively okay matchup spread. Does not beat much of a deck with Charizard, though. The Charizard uh, variants are really difficult for it. You just have... It's too big. Yeah, too big. Hits for weakness. And um, usually play a reasonable amount of boss as well, so you can get around your wall Pokemon. So yeah. it's um, it's quite annoying. But I, I've, been, I've been enjoying Alakazam. It's been, been a lot of fun. Especially because it looks so meme right? But it's uh, it's surprisingly decent. It's a really cool attack. I mean, I wish there was more innovation like that. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, new, I'm more new to the game. I guess I'm an OG of the game, but new to, to playing again. And uh, I haven't seen anything like that. So it's cool that they're coming up with ideas that are innovative and, and could kind of, you know, turn a meme deck into maybe something potentially viable. No, for sure, for sure. Like the 120 is kind of low, but I figured a couple of ways to work around that. So be uh, be excited for the Alkasam article dropping on Pokemon.com. Um, and then I know I saw a comment in uh, on Twitter, on X, saying that I don't have a Grant rant, or we haven't had Grant rants in a while. Um, I mean, I could rant about everything. I think the only thing right now is format, which has been exhausted to death in debates um you were one of the people that said best uh play two games right was that your your oh yeah the consensus on, on how to fix how to the fix um the, the problem format, yeah. we have right now where there's no incentive for both players to want to finish a game there's always only one player that want to finish a game at some point yeah yeah and you take a lot of heat for that sometimes yeah i pretty much in the middle of that discussion right now i think so um i don't mind it if it can bring some change i just think that like we have like and we have had for a long time a big problem with the game right where yeah. we, we've been lacking incentive right and it's more based on you know um sportsmanship and honor and whatnot but it's so hard to enforce regardless right and um like most people are stepping on the line and it's just about how like obvious 
it it is or not right um and everyone has you know very different um perspectives perspectives on um how far it's uh you know legal to go right like should you uh if say um you won a very long game one right but then you're breaking game two but time is called when opponent has like four prizes left anyway but you know you're gonna lose that game obviously should you just concede then and just give your opponent the win and then you take a tie is that is that the honorable thing to do or would you still take the win right because you're obviously losing that game right so where do you draw the line right this is the question well i think a way to compare it would be like if you know you're going to lose the game in turns but you boss stall because it's going to take them one turn to do something so they can't take the final prize they have basically game on board if you played it out but if you can boss stall for one turn you went like it's kind of the same i mean not not the same thing but yeah when do these sure. situations become like yeah like you're saying it's like moral high ground or what what is it whatnot but playing within the rules i think is yeah and i think pace of play has also been a very discussed topic as well right like how much time are you allowed to take right like what is fair what is what is not fair i think as long as you are just spamming actions that that is a fair way to say use time right but like you can disagree with that as well uh, and say that you should only be doing action that actually you know help you in the case of the game actually finishing as well right um the argument's always thinning right yes so uh but then how do you enforce it again is right. the problem so we have um a conundrum here we we have um we have a struggle and i think we need some sort of uh like actual rule change to you know get to a better place i think the best of two thing solution that was proposed um or like that I talked about on twitter a couple of weeks or months ago was uh, a relatively you know fair solution it comes with like pros and cons as well of course not all positives but it seems to like bring more positive than negative i also wouldn't mind the solution of just playing best of one but then playing more best of ones right yeah it's just then you're talking about the logistics of a from an organizer point of view again right like more dead time between rounds because you need more rounds right so there's there's going to be like pros and cons with every solution here well i think if we do the best of one we can actually get to dinner on saturdays which would be nice <laughs> and not have to find some place at 9 30 10 o'clock yeah exactly <laughs> so like we want something that's fair we want something that's um easy to actually get done from an organizing point of view but then we also want a system that can find the best players in the room right most amount of time as well yeah because we like, are coin flippy right now too yeah so all of these things at the same time they're hard to balance if you have more emphasis on one of them then it's less on another and so on so i need to try to figure out a good middle ground that everyone is happy with again yeah well said lock anything uh, I voted for like a best of three 60 minutes with equal turns on game three. Like the All same right. rule Japan does. I, mm -hmm. I think that would actually be the biggest fix because the problem is uh, between rounds is the 15 minute judge call and the 15 minute three turns because 
for some reason, here's a great rant. For some reason, everybody <laughs> feels the need right when time's called to suddenly play as slow as possible. Like it's like the end of the world. Like you, a judge comes and sits at every table like after round two or three. The judge should be enforcing time rules at that point. Like we got to go here. <laughs> like, why are we why are we letting him play this out for 15 minutes <coughs> three turns doesn't take 15 minutes unless it's the world's final okay sorry oh. <laughs> all right. also i've always i see at every single regional where there's a there's a debate of no i didn't draw my card yet your turn <coughs> yeah, no, right. you oh, draw yeah. you drew yeah your turn zero and then like equal turns is always the fairest way because i also see people do the shady cheat of Draw their oh, cards wait, they so wait. slow. Yeah. So, oh, now I drop a card. <laughs> like you look at, the, you watch them look at their watch, and they wait to draw their card. Like, oh my god, come on, guy, <laughs> just let me win. I've already, I've got it. You know, I got it. It's like, all right, well, I guess I can't tell you to draw your card. I can't. I guess I can tell you to draw your card faster. They're like, can I check your discard pile real quick? Yeah, right. <laughs> that that's one thing. Like the. Going back and forth, like especially with the law zone too, it's like yeah, uh, you fan yours out, so it's like okay, you can see it. You don't need to to grab it really. How often do they grab it still when you when you fan yours out playing Guardian? I saw you play Haru on uh, on his YouTube channel. Oh yeah, and he he was asking you just like I'll just fan it out for you. Yeah, I mean, when you fan depends on how how you fan it out, I guess. Like most people I play against, when I fan it out, they like they can see the whole discard pile anyway, right? So they don't need to physically grab it. It counts usually just the energy, right? Yeah. If it's like very thick, right? Like if it's like a very thick stack, you know, say it's like 20, 30 cards or so, then it might still be, you know, a little bit difficult to see it. Cards starting to get kind of small at that point, yeah. right? So then you can probably like bag it up and give it to them. Sure. And then just tell them the energy count. Yeah, sure. I, I usually put those like very visible anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got stuff to do, and uh, we're we're prepping here for Peoria. We'll see what happens. This will come out likely afterwards. Um, we'll see if Torque can defend, or if I get to take him down, or if Locke's jank deck can do <laughs> something. We he had to pull out the cards to see some of the names of them because they're they're out there this time. Any thoughts on that lock? Uh, no leaks. Yeah, no leaks. That's probably good. If you don't know the names, you can't really, no one can leak it, right? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Locke, and thank you very much for coming on, Tord. Always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Of course. It was a lot of fun as well, and got to tell what I've been up to the last few weeks as well. So yeah, I'm yeah. I, I've happy been with that. fielding questions, and I've seen your, your Twitter asking, like, what's he doing here? And it's, like, it's good to get it out to the people to just catch up with Tord. So uh, this has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you.